Black, Educated, and Broke is a weekly entertainment podcast where we mix hip-hop, headlines, and all things ATL into the success of Black millennials in the Black culture. All righty, guys, we are back here on Black, Educated, and Broke. And uh, right before the break, you know, I was teasing you about our next guest, some Black girl magic, and someone who is a huge advocate for mental health awareness, which as we've been talking about all month long, that it is Mental Health Awareness Month. So we definitely have uh, Queen Michelle Harris-Jefferson, who is joining us today. Uh, First, good evening. How you doing, Queen? I'm well. Thank you all for having me. No, thank you for definitely being a part of uh, the show tonight. We definitely are excited to talk with you, learn some things, because Purvis is astounding uh, bio that you sent me. I'm like, this is popping, so let's get into it. Do you mind if I just read what you sent me, girl? Not at all. Okay, so what her words exactly. She's a resilience expert. Hey, now, entrepreneur, author, professional educator, mom, and motivational speaker. Those are just her titles, okay? So you make sure you put some respect on her name, okay? Also, Miss Michelle Harris-Jefferson, she's from Henderson, North Carolina. That's where she's a native from. Uh, she is summa cum laude, okay? Come on, smart, beauty, and brains. Graduate of North Carolina State University. Come on, college educated. And she's also the author of What Doesn't Kill You, a memoir which details her own life struggle with poverty, mental health, and her journey to overcome trauma despite the odds. She did say she was a resilience expert, so she'll teach you how to be resilient, right? All right. And she is also the owner of Why We Leave Consulting LLC. And that's a firm that focuses on helping individuals and organizations operate through, listen, it is trauma-informed lens. Like, you tra- you know, you understand the trauma, you know, so you can speak to them from a different place. I love it. And um, she's also, as we said again, a mother, which I aspire to be one day. Shout out to the mothers out there. Uh, she's a mother and a wife who speaks at conferences and events, and she also conducts professional developments far and wide while currently serving, because she did say she was an educator, as a curriculum facilitator for Guilford County Schools. So y'all make some more noise for Miss Michelle Harris Jefferson. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Happy Mother's Day weekend. <laughs> Thank yes, you. Happy Early Mother's Day. Start with that right there. The mom, that's the best title right there. Happy Absolutely. Um, and you know, since, you know, Mother's Day was actually last weekend, but yes, you know, look, we celebrate mothers all month long, Queen. But yes, how old is your uh, child, your children? My daughter, she's seven. Okay, well, oh, she's spicy now, ain't she? At that age, ain't she? She is mom's personality and a little body. Oh, I love it. Okay, because I know, like, throughout your bio, you kind of talk about being a mother, and it makes it comes off like that's one of the most important and biggest jobs that you love and appreciate. Would that be true? Absolutely, one hundred percent. So, what's the best thing just there? What's the best thing about being a mom? What's so awesome about it? For me, it's a redo. So all of the experiences that I have from being an educator over the course of a decade and all the things that I wanted from my childhood that I didn't get, I get to pour into her and get to see her grow as a result of it. And when I, that is one of the most amazing experiences in the world. Okay, I'm sold. I, I'll, I'll take a couple kids then. Yep, that, 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 that sounds like that's worth it. <laughs> okay, and you, and you mentioned, Michelle, that you've been an educator for, you said, over a decade. And so I know right now, I pray your astounding bio. So you're a curriculum facilitator at Guilford County. So have you always been with them for the past decade or? 
I started my career with um, Guilford County um, after graduating from NC State. I moved directly um, to Greensboro. Um, okay. My husband and I had agreed that whoever graduated first moved in the other direction. Oh, uh, there we go. Yes. Okay. So I've been with Guilford the entire 10 years. And, and that's in Greensboro, North Carolina? Yes. I have family that live out there. We had a, uh, we have a family reunion like every five years. And with the last time I'm with her was like in 2017. And you know, it was like, I loved it, all the trees, you know, just like Georgia. I'm from Texas, girl, all them damn trees. However, comma, <laughs> it was very like homey, like, like it felt like I didn't feel like I was, nobody was a stranger. That's why we settled here. That was one of the main things for us because I didn't have that kind of, um, close family growing up yeah. so for me that was super important not just in our household but in the community that we brought our daughter up in as well okay and and, and then that makes me want to get into that what you're raising and your upbringing because from the book that you wrote your memoir what doesn't kill you so let's kind of let's kind of get into that you know I know you talk about struggles with poverty you had mental health can you kind of elaborate about like what you went through and how it didn't kill you Absolutely. Um, so I kind of in the book, um, jump back like as far as I can remember. Um, and six is like my first major memory. Um, my parents actually divorced when I was six. Mm -hmm. And after that time, um, my birth mom took us from my dad and kind of hit us. So we state hopped for a while. And of course, when you're kind of hiding, you don't really necessarily have access to basic yeah. needs. Yeah. Um, somewhere of your own to live, um, missing meals, um, not ha not being treated well. Because um, when you're in somebody else's space, it's their rules or consequences. Yeah. Um, so that, that was a really, really difficult um, upbringing for me. And actually being exposed to drugs in many of those households and um, actually being abused, molested in many of those situations. Wow. So um, when I say rough, it was rough. Right, right. <laughs> But it didn't kill you. And from it, that, like, yeah, how not. has, yeah, that's what I want to know about your, your come through, your overcoming through that. And what are you doing to be an advocate to help others with that? For me, um, education was my out. Um, because my dad, when I say he he's my superhero, um, he um, a lot of people pick on me for being a daddy's girl. I'm a daddy's um, girl, girl. Do not feel bad. I love my daddy, both of my stepdaddy and my daddy. So it's all right. Yes. Um, so um, when I finally, um, at 13, I was actually old enough to um, make a decision in the courts to move back with my dad. And that was how he found out where we were. Um, I got really, really upset with my birth mom over something. I couldn't tell you what it was right now. Um, and left. We were living in Atlanta at the time. Um, left, walked up the block and found a payphone and called my dad and came. And he, once he knew where we were, um, we were able to petition the courts to come back. Um, and they said that we were old enough to make that decision on our own. So me and my biological brother um, came back here um, to North Carolina. And during the time that we were here in North Carolina, I was really super focused on my grades because okay, that was the one thing that never slipped for me. That was, that was my escape. So oh, right. I was able Education. to hold on to A's all the way through school because I knew I didn't have the money to make it out of my environment. But if I could show somebody I was smart enough, somebody else would pay for me to get out. And so yeah. that was that was my drive. That was my so I just kept pushing and kept pushing and kept pushing. And I actually graduated number three in my class in high school and I got a full scholarship to like four or five different schools. All right. And I was like, yes, because my dad told me at graduation, he's just like, love you, baby girl. I want to see you see you succeed, but dad can't pay for it. 
So I was like, don't worry about it, Dad. I got it covered. <laughs> um, and I chose uh, NC State because it was actually a 45 minute drive from where my parents live. And oh, my not dad, too far. Yeah. Right. My dad had suffered from alcoholism the whole time I was in high school and into college, and he had flatlined a few times. So I oh, wanted no. to be able to drive home in an instance. So I was like, you know what? NC State, they gave me a full scholarship. So I said, Wolfpack it eats. Okay, uh, look, no, no college debt, and I'm right by my people. Yeah, that's right. like a win-win. <laughs> yes. And so I, and I did have to drive home a couple times. So it was like a confirmation that I made the right decision. So okay. like so for me, it was always I financially, I knew that I did not grow up in an environment where my parents could hand me a bucket of money. money. There was no inheritance. So I had to yeah. find another way out. And for me, education was the way out. Now tell me how did the, uh, oh, I'm looking, I've been so interested. Let me quit being a takeover spirit. Aurelia, Mike B, Zay, did y'all want to chime in at any time on this? Um, I just said, I really re re resonate with your story. Um, and at the end, I would love to get like your email because I aspire to be a book writer. Your story about resilience, it just really touched my heart and I have a very similar story. And I would love to like sit up under you and use my story, write a book. Just, you know, I love it. So thank Come you. Oh, that's what I love. Wonderful. I, no problem at all. I, I, I love to find kindred spirits. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Thank you. That's the spirit right there. Mm -hmm. Might be, don't do it really like that. Go ahead. Such <laughs> a hater. Uh, the brand the takeover spirit, but I wanted you to finish your story um, with the college moves and stuff, and then moving, of course, to Greensboro. Because what I want to ask you is about the curriculum. Um, uh, Hello, Mike B. Your phone kind of broke up there. God don't like ugly. Here, try hmm. try that okay, again, Mike B. Your phone breaking up a little bit, boom. I just want to talk about the trauma, how she's handled her trauma. And because a lot of us in our community don't know how to handle it. Yes. Yes. Um, so um, I know you mentioned about um, how I landed in Greensboro. Um, I actually, my senior year in high school, um, after kind of looking to fill some of those voids or those absences of not having a biological mother around and not having close relationships with many of my family members, um, the, when I moved back to North Carolina, um, right before I went to college, I was in high school. Um, I had my dad's sister was the person I was closest to. And I would go to her house after high school every, um, after school every day in high school. And her husband molested me. Oh. And so I kind of developed like a, a issue with being around men yeah. at that point. Um, so in high school, I was kind of like a to myself kind of person. So um, I talked to maybe like two or three guys in high school and I ended up meeting my husband uh, a month before graduation. And we um, actually started dating and we were, I mean, fell for each other very quickly. And, oh. and my parents were like, oh my God, go to college free. <laughs> like, don't tie it <laughs> down to somebody. Um, but for me, for me to find that deep of a connection with somebody after in I knew I was in such a broken place for me yeah. was extremely powerful. So I wasn't willing to let go of that connection. Um, and so we went to different schools, but we always said whoever graduated first, the other person would go in that direction. Um, and he actually um, ended up at A&T in Greensboro. And so, um, and my goal was to eventually um, go to an HBCU for a master's degree. So I said, hey, yes. even if I land there, it's fine. No worries. Um, so um, college was a bit rough I won't lie to you <laughs> um 
I actually, my very first week in college, I actually ended up getting sick and blacking out. Oh um, gosh, from yes. drinking? <laughs> no, no, no. I no, I was 100% not <laughs> going to party the whole entire time I was in college. I was 100% like, I'm my dad's youngest. I have to graduate. No one else has a degree. I got to do this for dad. And yeah. he drilled that in me. Um, so I really, really focused on um, being in school. I was just EO, didn't know I was. Um, and then, but after that, it was like, Michelle, you, you've been through so many things. Yeah. You, you, can, yes. you can press on through this. This is just a hiccup. Um, so I stayed pushed through started making connections with people um got a few more scholarships I was able to travel um to Ghana West Africa um on study abroad to actually um work at one of Oprah's schools down there as a volunteer so that was awesome um and that kind of sealed the deal for me as far as education but it also helped me see that trauma amongst people of color wasn't unique to the United States yes so it kind of kept that that it kept me humble yeah I'll say that to say the least um and so after I graduated I was really really focused on wanting to find schools with kids that were like me I didn't I felt like that a lot of kids of privilege they get access to the really good teachers like Mm -hmm. automatically I wanted to find title one schools schools with high poverty rates students who struggled learning kids who had failed that's where I wanted to go yeah and so I was able to find a school in Guilford County that was like that and they literally they hired me on the spot so I'm like okay this is where I'm supposed to be yep yep when it's Um, easy yes and so that's the summer after I graduated high school I mean I'm college I moved um to Greensboro and that September me and my husband got married oh that's like such a beautiful story how it's all (laughs) unwinding but I'm I'm sorry to cut you off if you were still going you're fine um but for for me I think that Every time, one thing I will say about that um, is not really discussed in our community is that every time we go through a change or a transition, sometimes it can be triggering. And if we don't deal with the trauma, we don't know why we're being triggered. Um, So unfortunately, I took my baggage into my marriage. Mm. And so um, I, I had to learn how to be a partner. I had to learn how to feel safe in a space with another person. And like I had to learn how to um, be touched and know it was from a place of love and not something I had to guard myself against. So um, I think sometimes we think, oh, I got the degree. I've got the career. I've got the husband. Now I'm okay. Right. But those exterior things don't fix the inside. And so I I really, really, and then I noticed the same things with my children, my students, as I was going into classrooms. These were some very bright kids but it didn't stop the abuse at home it didn't yeah. stop the the hunger it didn't stop the effects of having exposure to those events and for me the districts the school districts don't do enough they 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 educate the mind but the kid is a whole entity yeah. and if we don't help them we don't help them heal we can't help them learn they go hand in hand and you do that with your students you find a way to help them heal and learn absolutely give us an example of what that looks like um so for a lot of my students um one of the things that districts tend to focus on very very heavily is standardized tests Mm -hmm. um and i get to see that from the um outside because i also write standardized tests for the state of north carolina but Mm -hmm. i also get to see it from the classroom from the teacher's perspective and what i noticed was my students were coming into the classroom excuse me, they were doing well with me as we were preparing, but then when they got ready to take the test, they were bombing and I couldn't understand why. And so as we were going through the practice test, I noticed those things happening. I would say to my students like, hey, talk to me. 
because we developed a space where it was like the only space in our building where they could bring in their language. You didn't have to be politically correct in this space. In our space, it's safe to be you. So when we communicated even that. about content, you, I don't I don't need proper grammar. I need you to be able to express to me in the way that you express to me that you understand. And so for them, they were like, I had a kid literally raise his hand and say to me, Miss J, you when when you talk, the test we understand you, but the test doesn't sound like you. Yeah. So yeah. I did a lot of research around like how um, we can do something called. Um, transcripting content where you can take um, information and help translate it into a foreign language but I figured out a way to do it so that my students that we could take their content that we were working on and turn it into language that matched the language that they use in their households in their environment with their friends and so I came up with the strategy and I tested it out with my kids and it worked and so I published the strategy and then I kept using it with other kids and other groups over time. And from that next year, for that last nine years, I had kids who, when I say some kids reading on pre-primer level in seventh grade, from that point on, none of them ever failed the test again. Oh, wow. Because the because they were eight, I taught them how to make the test sound like them instead of doing it the other way around. That's really good because it's like you're in. Is that which kind of example of trauma informed lens? Like you're trying to help them to navigate it for them to understand in spite of what they're going through. Let me help you so I can meet you where you are. Yeah, because I I I needed them to understand that it's it's nothing wrong with you. Yeah, and it's and it and just because you don't understand something the way someone else does, it's nothing wrong with that. If you don't understand something the way it's written, then make then make it sound the way you need it to sound in order to understand it. And that can be applicable just to not. That's, that can be just not even the kids, though, like you can, as far as adults, because I think a lot of times like, you know, people have their trauma and we we can't get we can't help them because the way they're reacting because of their trauma. But I think it's like if you understand a person, see, if they have trauma and find another way to get through to talk to them. And but it's just like it's a matter of like how, you know, as a you can I'm going to say as a therapist, but you're giving me therapist vibes, even though I know it's educator. But at the same time, like, how do you with with the human when, you know, just to break that down, like the patient, like how, what are tips to get through that with somebody who has trauma and you know there's good behind them, but the trauma and hurt is all that is getting you, like how to get through that place without your feelings feeling involved, you know, or you getting too offended. Yeah, and I, I, I refer to that when I'm working with um, different organizations, we refer to that as the wise owl and the barking dog. Say and it again. The wise owl and the barking dog. Okay. So when let's say a, a kid is triggered by something, a trauma, a traumatizing event has kind of set them off, or an adult for that matter. Yes. Oftentimes, our response as the person who is trying to calm them down, our response is to hand out reprimand. You shouldn't do that. You should stop doing that. You know that's not right. But that's us trying to have a wise owl conversation with a mm, barking dog. The barking and dog. what I try to get most people to, to kind of process is that when the dog is barking then the wise owl flies away so all that rational thought is out the door the only thing you can do for that person that dog is to calm it down because the wise owl is not going to fly back so you can begin to have that rational conversation when there's a whole lot of rowdy yelling screaming hollering going on yeah so you have to calm that barking dog first figure out what what's going to calm that person because there's no point in trying to have a rational conversation with them and figure out what's going on if they're irate 
Yeah. So doing things like, hey, take a deep breath. Like with my daughter, we tell her, go take a deep breath walk. So we tell her, hey, walk off, take deep breaths till you calm down. And when that person comes back and they're in a calm space, now the wise owl is back. And that, that's your rational brain where you can begin to have conversations and look for solutions to problems. So the but wise I'm, owl and the dog are the same person, just depending on the space that they need is what you ultimately absolutely. Oh, okay. but most of the time we try to intervene yeah. when the dog's already barking. And we need a way for him to become the wise out. Girl, you okay. better drop a message for us, <laughs> Michelle. I love that. That's so good. So good. Okay, okay. Now I know because our, our producer is going to get us to wrap it up in a few. So uh, one thing I want to go into because I know you're, you're consulting, your agency, why we leave consulting. So tell us a little bit about that because that's even more about what you want to talk about, uh, you know, helping the black community as far as getting more mental health awareness. Yes, absolutely. So um, while we leap, Consulting LLC focuses on helping individuals as well as organizations develop a trauma-informed lens. So getting to the point where we can stop being dismissive about anxiety and mm. other social and emotional issues dismissive. and start addressing them. Because if we don't address them, then all we're doing is basically putting a Band-Aid on a gash. It's going to do nothing. So what we do is we try to help individuals develop the skills that are necessary to one, help them acknowledge that the trauma exists and that it is impacting their everyday lives. And two, give them the skills necessary to be able to navigate life, knowing that there is no section for people who are dealing with anxiety or no section yes. for people who are dealing with depression. Yes. To learn how to interact the world. But we have to develop skills in order to do that in an effective way so they can have a great quality of life. And most of all, help them understand that trauma is not a death sentence. A lot of times people assume that, hey, I'm damaged goods. But trauma is actually a toolbox because there are so many things that skills that we develop innately as a result of trauma, like planning and and goal setting that we can oh. use to actually propel us to success. Yeah, that's a good idea. You're right. Because I guess when you have trauma, like you like, they ain't gonna happen to me. It's gonna be planning next time. You're more so there is positive that you can take out of that. That's something I didn't really think about. Okay. Snap, snap again. Michelle is just dropping these bars today. Okay, Michelle. So if somebody wants to connect with you, because I know you do do motivational speaking and you, yes. you know, and, and give these jewels that you dropped for us so graciously tonight on Black Educated and Broke, uh, let us know how we can get in contact, follow, subscribe, book, all that stuff for you. Yes, absolutely. Um, Primarily, um, I use my website, which is www.wileep.com. Um, you can always reach out to me through the contact page there. Hold on, um, say that, also, say that. Sorry to cut you off because it kind of went digital. Oh, sorry. So say um, it again, it broke up. Oh, it's, it's um, www.whyweleap.com. Um, you can always reach out to us there. And um, you will also be able to see um, a list of some of the webinars that we offer, um, as well as um, we actually have a, a line of journals that we just released because um, we promote journaling as an effective um, yeah. practice to help with trauma. Um, th those are actually there as well. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram at why we leap underscore shell bell 252, um, which is what some of the kids refer to me as. Um, shell so bell. Shell <laughs> bell. <laughs> I love it. Yes, they always joke there like, no, we can always hear Michelle when she's coming. Shell bell. <laughs> you be having like, like, like with your bangles or something on when you walk into oh, the. Oh, yes, they know I'm, I'm constantly making noise. I'm not coming in quite. I love <laughs> it. Uh, yes. Mike B, did you, I know you had to, okay, you was asking about the professional development. I think he wanted to know, we wanted, all wanted to know, where do you do professional development? Or is that, was that what the question I think we were trying to find out? Go ahead. Yes. So, 
offer a lot of different professional developments. Um, we do our standard um, trauma training is a full day program, and I actually um, we actually come to you. Um, we've done we do those as webinars. So um, we've had ones go as far as the Philippines, which we're very very oh, grateful wow. for. Um, and we also do um, um, in person trainings as well, like full day workshops um, on trauma and how to help um, children and adults alike learn to navigate the world with trauma. Um, we do a lot of specialized programming as well around um, self-care um, as a means to managing anxiety, um, as well as a great focus on um, how journaling specifically helps us to deal with anxiety. So a huge array. We do a lot of custom offerings. So people reach out and say, hey, um, we want to know more about calming corners or restorative justice practices. Yeah. And so we do a lot of customized work as well. I love that. And, and how long has this your agency, your consulting been going on going on for just out of curiosity? Um, I have been focusing on it full time since um, 2020. Um, but we actually started the work when I published the um, memoir in 2017. Yes, ma'am. So all of this information you said is at why why we leap.com. Yes. All right. So everything plugged in, you know, if you are looking to learn how to communicate through trauma, learning how to be more effective with getting through that. Listen, our sis here, Michelle Harris Jefferson, she can handle that. Her agency, are, they're going to take care of that. This sister has showed us that she is more than capable to be an expert at what she does. Because I'm just like, boom, making a note. Okay, Randy, wait till they become, they got to become a wise owl. They're barking dog. Like, I'm going to remember that. Like, that is <laughs> like sticking my head. So we definitely appreciate you. We're going to make sure we put everything on our social media so that we can follow you and definitely somehow maybe get you to do a little something with Black Educated and Broke, do a, um, some type of like, um, some type of webinar maybe we can do to have you talking to some of our listeners about this trauma center and things because I think that's just again we're very much about black excellence black empowerment black culture like to uplift the community so I really think that we need to put a partnership together and to get this popping Michelle like ASAP well, well, how you feel about that I, I would love that because I think we finally reached a point where there's no more what happens in the house stays in the house we don't heal that way so I'm here for it yeah Yes, okay i am here for it look we said it for, i had to say it on the podcast but now you know what i mean i gotta i gotta keep my word i gotta do what i say you know so but we're definitely gonna have that in the works michelle but i thank you so much for your time again guys make sure you go to whywelieve.com and find out about everything about trauma and again how to see things from a trauma-informed lens so we can have a little bit more grace for yes. people okay that's the whole to be more gracious that's what we want so guys we're gonna go ahead and take our last break before we get to wrap up um i know we got a lot of things going on for next week's show some more special guests and we got some new music but if you want to hear more about it you got to come right back here on black educated and broke what's good king queens your boy ron and black educated and broke is back with a brand new season and i'm back with a brand new update about our friends at the green toad hemp farm the green toad hemp farm now has a brand new location right here in atl 825 mcdaniel street atlanta georgia 30310 and i got a brand new promo code for you to use beb atl 2020 and you'll get 10 percent off you can order on the green toad or you can go by that new location the green toad hemp farm is the absolute best in all cbd products they have smokable hemp flowers, health and wellness, edibles, vapes. They even have products for pets. The Green Toe Hemp Farm will make sure that your CBD experiences, well, you know the rest.
Hey y'all, it's Kadeen Ellis and I'm here with Black Educated and Broke. So we just want to say thank you again to Ms. Cher Harris Jefferson, um, you know, definitely for being on our show and telling us all about the Why We Leave Consulting um, and teaching us about trauma and having trauma-filled lens. And we definitely very much appreciate her. So guys, make sure to definitely tap in with her on whywelieve.com. All details are there. And also, like we mentioned, we're definitely going to try to do something for Mental Health Awareness uh, Month this month. So make sure that you're tapped into our social media pages at blackeducatedandbroke.com or blackeducatedandbroke on all social media platforms twitter b-e-b podcast underscore a-t-l so that you can see when we're going to go ahead and have the events for that but as far as next week's show it's going to be another great show we have a repeat guest coming back uh mr carl agard who's going to be talking more about refinancing investments and you know he always giving us those jewels to make sure that we are authentically our best self our best self he also has this new magazine coming out it's called boss xl uh presented by boss bay so He has some awesome things he's going to be sharing with us. So we're looking forward to seeing him next week. So we thank you so much for listening. Have a good one.